Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. season uh, in the NFL is in the books. Um, before we get to the teams who made the playoffs, uh, how about we start with the fallout from the teams that fell short? Um, starting at the bottom. Not, well, not all the way to the bottom. We thought they were going to be all the way at the bottom, but uh, because <laughs> yeah, right. Ronnie Smith and the Houston Texans are professionals, God forbid right. that they will go out and compete to win a football Try to win. Game. God forbid the that they would do what they're trained, yeah. what they work to do, that they would follow their instincts and compete. Uh, you know, God forbid they would play to win the game, Herm Edwards. Um, so the Texans, so Lovey Smith is a real one, and the Texans prove yet again that they are not a real organization. Um, it, they, it would be a blessing from above if they were to request permission to interview their former, I think he was taken with the first pick of the second round in the 06 draft, if memory serves. A, mem- a blessing from above if they requested D'Amico Ryans to interview D'Amico Ryans for the head coach position and he actually entertained the job, let alone took it, that would be quite an accomplishment for these Houston Texans. For the McNairs and Nick Casarios, Houston Texans, who for the second straight year have, hi- have fired a coach <laughs> after one year. Right. First right. David Cully, now Lovey Smith. Yep. Who in his right mind would want that job? And keep in mind, D'Amico Ryans pulled out of the Minnesota job last year. D'Amico Ryans really likes it in San Francisco. D'Amico Ryans is not just going to jump at the first team to offer him a job, even if that team was the first team to employ him as a player. So I don't want to spend too much time on this trash ass team, this trash organization that can't get out of its own way, that you know seems to think that the coaches are the problem, but Lovey Smith deserves yeah. better. Houston, Houston football fans deserve better. Yeah, the NFL deserves better. Yes, come on, come on. I mean, they, now. they played hard for this dude. Ask the Chiefs. Yeah. Ask the Cowboys. I know. I know. There's no Cowboys for almost, but ask those teams how Lovey Smith's teams compete. And I, I and I, last I right. checked, they weren't exactly like you know, bubbling with talent on that roster, which is also right. the GM exactly. Job. Yeah, like GM's job. I mean, there's there's so many there's so many thoughts here. Uh, number one, whoever takes that job, whoever it is, uh, I hope they get it, it. Make it all about the money. Make it about the money. Make it about the contracts. Get everything. Get your pound of flesh. Get your bag of cash. Get your millions. Demand if you have leverage use the leverage that you have and take everything you can from the Houston Texans because uh, this organization is not loyal. This organization cannot be trusted. And so I know there are only 32 jobs, so well, I don't want to get crazy here. Mike, they can be trusted, say, screw it up. Hey, they can be trusted to do the wrong thing, right? But I want to get crazy yeah. and say, oh, nobody would take that job. Yes, the 32 jobs. You want to be a head coach? Somebody's going to always that's take the, it. Yeah. If, if, if that's the last one standing, then you take it. Maybe it's a, a launching point to somewhere else. But I will. I will also say this: 
You cannot find you cannot find a bad organization and not find a bad owner behind that door. Most of the time they go hand in hand. It's not the coach generally all by himself. It's not the general manager by himself. It is usually a bad owner. This is a bad ownership group. It's a bad organization and they're just so comical. It, it would be comical if it weren't so sad. So they didn't want to. We know this, Mike. They didn't want to hire David Cully. They didn't want to. So that was like a temporary thing, but I thought it would last two years. I thought it'd be, it was a bridge to who, who they really wanted. We thought. So I thought it last couple years. It lasted one. One and done, David Cully, even though he did a good job with what he was presented. He had no Deshaun Watson the entire year. Remember, Watson didn't want to be there. Right. He said, oh, we right. want Watson. He didn't have Watson the whole year. And I think he won, what, four right. games? I'm just guessing. I think it was three or four they games. Won four. They won four. Yeah. Okay. They won four games. He's won fired. Games. Got Nick Casario calling, you know, calling down from the press box. You know, you want a coach? Hey, Nick, you want a coach? You coach the team. But, you know, he Nick yeah. doesn't want a coach because that would, that would mean now you're accountable. Accountability. Yeah. For the trash yeah. that you put out there. You put it out yeah. there. You think you can do better? You go ahead and do it, especially if you want to call the sidelines during the game or you want to second guess. Why'd you do this on second and second and seven? Why'd you do this on third and short? Why is this guy here? Why is this guy not playing? Why is that guy playing? You want to do it? You go ahead and coach it. So they didn't want David Cully. They move on from David Cully. Then they bring in this man, Lovey well, Smith. They didn't, they didn't, and they didn't want Lovey Smith. You know, they, 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 didn't, want they him didn't, didn't want Lovey Smith. He was, he, yeah, he was never really a candidate. They really wanted Josh McCown, and maybe they hired Josh McCown now. But whoever they hire, bring him in. Casario is on. out is out of scapegoats. He is completely yeah, bring out of scapegoats in. at this point. I, I hope you it happens. Just keep cycling through these coaches. Bring it, Mike. I hope they hire Josh McCown. From the same yeah. from the same producers who gave you the Jeff Saturday story. Now, <laughs> coming to theaters, coming to theaters in September, we have the Josh McCown story. Go ahead and say, go ahead and hire him. And you know what's what's funny? He'll probably win, you know, two or three games, and, he, and they'll keep, keep that. They'll keep that. Sh- and, they'll keep, they'll, that, they'll keep that show and running. They'll make, it, and they'll make right. every excuse, and they'll make every excuse in the book for him. Oh, he's, he's growing. You know, we, we saw we saw progress. Yada yada yada. Um, but I, I, I will progress, say this. Can I say this? Can I say? Oh, can I say this yeah, real quick? Real quick. And yeah, this is just not yeah, about football. Yeah. This is about corporate America. It's not your fault. It's not you. It's them. Trust me, it's a, somebody out there <laughs> is somebody out there is wondering. Somebody out there is wondering, hey, what's wrong with me? Why, why didn't it work out right. for me? Somebody, don't worry about it. Don't right. worry about it. Yeah, we can all improve. Everybody can improve. You can get better at your job. We all can. Uh, and starting with me, we can all be better. But there's these are forces. There are forces in many cases in corporate America that are operating far above your pay grade, far above your level. Uh, of, of will no yep. matter what by by your dent by your work ethic by your intelligence whatever it doesn't matter sometimes they are these decisions are being made and you have nothing to do with it so let the Houston Texans be yet another illustration that you could be excellent you could be competent you could be getting through to the people who are under your charge and it doesn't matter because bad corporate people are going to do bad corporate stuff um, what I would like to do, um, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and take this break. Uh, well, how, how bad is it? 
You seen the pause there? They touched my, my lips. No, but see that now. Nothing. Okay. Um, okay, I got it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I can just, see it. Yeah, I guess it's you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tip. Yeah. It's like <laughs> perfect. It's like uh, <laughs> kind of. I guess. I guess it's appropriate. It's appropriate for the conversation we just having. It's not us. It's, yeah, it's somebody else, not us. <laughs> All right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, but the Texans, to continue our conversation, are not alone yeah. in their dysfunction. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals have had their moments, though, over the years. Uh, thanks to, you know, Kurt Warner, for example. Um, but now Cliff Kingsbury, 10 months after signing a contract extension through the 2027 <laughs> season, has been fired. Um, we saw this coming. Uh, what are you doing? Steve Kahn, what are they doing? Who had stepped away, who had stepped away to focus on his health has now stepped down. So the Cardinals have a quarterback coming uh, who's gonna be coming off of ACL. We'll see when he's ready to return to the field. And now they have a vacancy at GM and head coach. Um. Yeah, that that's that team is just weird. It, it, yeah, and it's just, you were just saying you were just saying about ownership. You know, this is this, this all you need to know about the Cardinals. And obviously, you know, this precedes Michael Bidwell, but it's been in his family for quite a while. Yeah, no coach has lasted longer than six years in the history of that organization. I love that stat. I I I love love that stat yeah. because it tells the story. And, and, and Mike. You probably covered this Super Bowl. Uh, great, great catch, Santonio Holmes. Great throw, Ben Roethlisberger. Cardinals, Steelers. Uh, a terrific game. Larry Fitzgerald balled out. I mean, really a great Super Bowl. But I, I always use that as an example. I think that's my example of the only time that I can see a bad organization being on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. Bad ownership. Right, the Cardinals are just a flat out. They're just a flat out bad organizations. Uh, organization. They do the same stupid things year after year, decade after decade, generation after generation. As you just pointed out, I mean, they've been in existence yeah. for a long time. And no matter where they go, whether it's starting off in Chicago or St. Louis, 
to Phoenix, the Phoenix Cardinals. Now Arizona claim the whole state. You can claim the whole region if you want. You can be the Southwest Cardinals if you want. You're still going to be silly. You do crazy things. And so they've never been able to get it right. And in this case, I'm going to surprise you, I think, when I say that Cliff Kingsbury didn't deserve to be fired. Now, this yeah, season. Yes, that's a surprise. Yes, okay, that's a surprise. It is a surprise. Because, because they, okay, if you say that's a surprise, I got something for you later. I got something for you later. I, I'll put that in my back pocket. Just remind, I'm just going to remind you that you said, you said that he didn't, that that's crazy. That I'm surprised. You're surprised by that. That I don't mm-hmm. think he should be fired. I'm going to remind yeah. you of that. Because another, okay. another name's going to come up. And you're gonna be uh you're gonna be like uh, coming to America. You're gonna be throwing rose petals when this guy walks down. When he walks in, you're gonna be throwing those rose petals. But uh he's had some okay. issues too. I'm intrigued. All right. But I would say Kingsbury, when he took over the job, they were bad, bad on the field. Right? Number one pick. They earned the number one pick, and that's how he took over. So he won five games his first year. He won eight games his second year. He won 11 games his third year. This year, everybody's out, right? DeAndre Hopkins out for six games and Kyler Murray out for five games and the offensive line is decimated and his general manager, one of his advocates, Steve Kime, has to step away. Things are just not going well for the Arizona Cardinals and they underperformed. I'll give him that. Yes, they did. Okay. You know but, what? Wait a you're, minute. You're, what are we doing you're, you're here? Being, no, you're being fair. You're being consistent and you're being fair because if the common denominator here is ownership, then you have to look above Cliff Kingsbury, even though after that 10 and 2 start last year, they went 5 and 18 the rest of the way. And I'm telling you, and I'm sure you know this, there is a there's there's a funk around that organization when it comes to how they just manage their day-to-day operation, which does fall on the head coach. Schematically, okay. people had long since yeah. figured out Cliff Kingsbury. But even just he's how he blameless. functioned. I'm with you. He's I'm not, with you. He's not yeah, blameless. Saying, that's all I'm saying. He's not, he's blameless. not blameless. But it is, it, the buck does not stop with him. You're absolutely right about that. It is, it is bigger than Cliff Kingsbury, which is why the Cardinals are perpetually in this position. I do agree with that. So if you want to say he didn't deserve to be fired because it's, it's more than just him and there were some circumstances that Nobody could have controlled that. Maybe that's fair, but he certainly contributed to that dysfunction from what I understand. Like like he didn't exactly. He didn't exactly have things under control. And and I'm I'm reading between the lines. I I know you've done your homework. I know you got some some sources. I know you talk. I mean, you want to talk to some you want to talk to some people. You want to talk to <laughs> some phone calls? You got to call some people. No, it's like, no, it's, it's not even really a secret. It's not even really a secret. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you right. can watch the games and see that the jig was up. But behind the scenes, yeah. you know, it was up as well. It'll be interesting to see if Kyle, like, what's Kyler Murray's future? Who comes in? How do they use him? Like, this entire situation, the Kingsbury Kyler Murray partnership was, they were made for each other. And now one is hurt. And you know he doesn't exactly have the respect of that organization. I'm well, talking about Kyler, and then now Kingsbury's out. So that's I, that's I a think, fascinating well, situation to watch. I think I think this what, what's also fascinating is, uh, and I can't remember the the, the specific details. It just happened. Uh, I think there were owners' meetings where the owners talked about they they were reminding each other of how much money, 
how many how, how many millions and millions and billions of dollars they were leaving on the side from firing their coaches and executives. This is yeah. You know, remember yeah, this story? Yeah, this I do happening. remember that story. Right. Yes, yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. Hey, and they're kind yeah. of reminding each other. Yeah, we, you know, we need to calm down with this a little bit. And so, right, you have Steve Kime. You signed him. So this is what you did last offseason, and you're not sure about any uh, any of these three. You signed uh, Kyler Murray to a new contract, and then immediately insulted him by saying you need to do your homework. You signed. Cliff Kingsbury to a contract through 2027. You just fired him. That was 10 months ago. Signed to a contract 10 months ago. Hey, we're so happy you 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 had a you had a party, probably had a cake, press release, all this stuff. We're so happy we got Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, until 2027, we got Steve Kime. And you're not sure about any of the three today, but this is what we yeah. talked about last year, Mike. It wasn't even it was last calendar year. Uh, we talked about it at the Super Bowl. We did that. We we're covering a Super Bowl. Uh, NBC had a great game Rams Bengals and on Super Bowl Sunday. We were part of a panel discussion talking about coaches. Now, mm -hmm. in that case, we were talking about coaches uh, black head coaches, mm -hmm. but the same the same principle applies and, and I had a great conversation with, with Tony Dungy about this too. And he's saying the Steelers and the and the Rooney's that they, they just had a formula. And they stuck to the formula. And if you stick to the formula, more coaches will have or more organization more organizations will have success and yeah. more coaches will be that uh, they'll be encouraged. They'll be assured that they can make some mistakes that they can have a down season like Cliff Kingsbury right. just had or others no, and still retain no, your fair. job. No, that's fair, but um, but but, they, but they're not following the process. They there is no process with some of these coaches. They are, uh, they are shockingly impatient when it comes to their this, vision. Or either they when it comes to the vision, they're impatient about the vision, or they have no vision at all. This is this is why we enjoyed uh, liquidating the Cardinals roster all those years when we used to be in franchise <laughs> oh, mode. If, uh, you, if you I play Madden right now, I do it. I do it right yeah. now. You you mentioned well. A team that we probably wouldn't do because it's looking too good. You mentioned a, a city that the Cardinals once called home and you once called home as a matter of fact for about uh, was it six weeks, eight weeks or something like that. Uh, I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Okay. I want to talk about the Chicago Bears who thanks to former coach Lovey Smith doing his job now have the number one overall pick in the draft got a bunch of cap room. Things are looking up in Chicago. First time they've had the number one pick since 1947. So that's crazy. They don't need they don't need a quarterback. They can maybe auction it off to somebody who wants to jump ahead of the Texans and take a Bryce Young, or maybe they just sit there and take Will Anderson, or for that matter, Jalen Carter, who we'll see tonight in the national championship yep. game against TCU. Um, but I just want to know real quick on this one because I do. Do I, like I Bernie Mac? Do like Bernie Mac? Stay right there. Stay right there. <laughs> come, come, park there. Um, I, they got. I want to get to a couple other uh, teams that did make the playoffs. When we get teams that did make the playoffs, and the news that just came in, the very good news just came in. So we got a lot to cover. Real quick from you, I just want to know: having been in Chicago, all jokes aside, having written for the Chicago Tribune as a columnist, uh, knowing that city the way you kind of sort of do, um, what does it mean for the Bears to be in this position right now? They're not. I mean, the Lions finished, you know, uh, finished strong, finished with a winning record. 
Things are looking up in Detroit. But Chicago, man, they've been down for a while, but got a quarterback, they think. It looks like they have a quarterback. Got the number one pick. What does this mean to Chicago and to that fan base, knowing them the way you know? I, hey, listen, I, I don't know them that well. I was just there briefly. I was in the, <laughs> you I was couple, in the middle of You had a cup of coffee? Hey, you had a cup of I coffee? I did. I had a, couple, had a couple of cups of coffee. I was about to, uh, and I didn't even notice at the time. This is uh, early 2000s, so I didn't know the name. Uh, Barack Obama, but I was about to move right into the neighborhood. It's going to move right around uh, where he I think he taught at the University of Chicago I was about to move right around the University of Chicago had a nice place set up and then you know things happen. But um, I look, I do know this. It is a Bears town through and through and they deserve yeah. it for a long time. They never had a quarterback. I mean, if you look at the organization's quarterbacks speaks They're for looking itself. For one since luck, not, not not a lot to, not <laughs> yeah. a lot to think about. Right. Or, or to talk about, but they have one now. So that's why Mike, when you said, hey, they can shop the pit. Don't do that. Don't do it. Stay right where you are and take a dominant player. Even if it's a it, it doesn't have to be a wide receiver. It doesn't have to be a, an no. offensive playmaker, even though even though Justin Fields needs them. No, get you a monster to midway. Get, get you a monster you to midway. A great, <laughs> get a, a generationally just, yeah. great player. Yeah. And then and have a, a vision and be patient with it. Yeah, and be patient. No, with Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles done a, they're not a ex- nice job setting this team up. They got some cap room, a lot of cap room too. So and they, draft they, picks. they should be straight. And draft picks. It's in the NFC North between the Bears and the Lions, the last shall be first. And we'll get to Rodgers in a second. Um, now to your current home. Where do the Patriots go from here? I saw Belichick Ooh. talking. To, Belichick will be back. He'll be back, but the process he said of evaluation. He said <laughs> hey, you know what? That's like me saying, you know, if, if, if my contract, if, my, if I'm in a contract year, I just sit down here and say, Mike, you know, I'll be back at uh, Peacock NBC next year. What? what? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Is that official? Who, like you make that call? You like you, you sign your own checks now, homie? I mean, I know. He's powerful and he's been a, a terrific coach for a long time. But where did that come from? Did, did did he get permission to say that, or he just just go? He, is he is that manifesting? That's what the kids call it now. I'm it, about to manifest. Is that a question? Bill, Bill, is, is Bill that Belichick a, is, that a, is that a question in the, at the highest levels of that organization in New England? Is it a question? Uh, okay, question is strong, but I would say discussion. I would say discussion and not necessarily. It doesn't have to be contentious. It's it's exactly what you said beautifully. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Great question, right? Because uh, the Patriots have been without Tom Brady now for 51 games if you include the playoffs. So 51 games, no Tom Brady and they are competitive. No, I, I mean, let me let me let me uh, edit that. They are dominant against bad teams, except they did lose to the Bears this year. <laughs> They're dominant usually against bad teams. They're competitive and usually not victorious against good teams. This year they were eight and nine, no playoffs. Last year they were ten and seven, one and done in the playoffs, lose by thirty points. And then the first year without Brady, they were seven and nine in the old sixteen-game world. So 
What are they trying to be? What do they need to do? Does Bill Belichick, is he willing to make some changes to how he usually does business to take the Patriots forward? Because Mike, what he hmm. does, and I'm surprised he hasn't called you yet, no. what he's been doing lately, it's just calling his friends, calling his friends and associates, and then saying, come on in, especially if somebody else is paying. Hey, I ain't got to pay you, but you need something to do. Come on, join the coaching staff. He's not necessarily where, paying. Where it ain't his money. Matt Patricia. Yeah, right. Well, I'm saying, but Matt Patricia is being paid by Detroit. No, so no, but I'm saying even if he Patricia. were, I'm saying even if he were paying them, it's not like he's paying them out of his own pocket. Well, Robert, Robert Kraft not, doesn't pay everybody's salary, or or is it mean, you mean just from does, a budgetary standpoint? But there may be a, right. There may be a okay. coaching. He's he's well paid. He's well paid, gotcha. even though he won't get. He's got a pot. He's working on a. Kraft's supposed to be giving the numbers. He's supposed to be mm. releasing the numbers. Like every organization is supposed to give the coaching and coordinator numbers so they can all like figure it out and uh, <coughs> collusion. Anyway, uh, so they can all do it together and figure out how much uh, uh, guys are being paid, but Kraft won't do that. We, mm. we think that Belichick is the highest paid coach in, in football, but yeah. Kraft may have given him a, a finite number of what he can spend including himself on coaching salaries. So it makes sense, gotcha. right? He makes a bu- yeah. he makes a bunch yeah. of money. So hey, I can I can I can finesse this thing. Matt Patricia is being paid by Detroit. Bring him on staff. Joe Judge being paid by the Giants. Bring him on staff. And then bring in some of my former players who have never coached before. I've got leverage over them. Gerard Mayo, Troy Brown, Billy Yates. Bring in my kids. Steve and and Brian and so now you got to step like okay. Hey, man, that's that's cool I'm sure you got nice people to have dinner with and hang out with and, and, and talk ball and other stuff with but are you willing to do what it takes to take this organization uh, into the 21st century and hire people who you may not necessarily be comfortable with but will make your team better and that starts with the OC may Matt Matt Jones uh, not Matt Jones Mac Jones regressed this year. The offense was terrible and that's because he had Matt Patricia as a first time OC and Mike first time OC and offensive line coach. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Come on. Yeah, well, and the other thing Belichick is known as a defensive genius defensive guru in particular. As you know, first of all, by the way, I really appreciate how you just like extemporaneously and spontaneously emptied your notebook just now. That was some good, that was some gems. That was some nuggets in there. You're just like, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm glad you asked, Michael. Uh, that was Thanks, good. Mike. But you know as, as well as I do how seriously Belichick takes special teams. Was it three kickoff returns for touchdowns against him this year? Like, oh. how the mighty have fallen. And two, two yesterday, which hey. again, we will get to momentarily those, um, those in particular. Um, so look, I think, I think now it's probably, I think that was all I wanted to hit with you on the teams that are, that are out of it. The bears shout out to the lions. We'll talk about the shout uh, out to our I lions. Mean, hey, our, are our they Detroit officially, lions. are they the team the, of the official team of brother from another official team brother from another the D yeah, Detroit yes. lions. Yeah, we got that. The official, the, it's, it's mother, the official team. Yeah. A brother from another. Yes, I, I would say that. All, all right, in favor. Um, all in favor. Opposed. Aye. No, we got it. We, all right, got Sustained. it. Sustained. 
sustain. Um, next break number two, Gary. Let's go. Let's take this break. Uh, and then talk about the playoffs. And uh, like I said, we got we also got some good news. Uh, really good news Ooh. regarding Demar Hamlin. Just moments ago. Great, we'll hit that great as news well. there. And I can't wait to get it's into a your, busy your news top day. feed item. Your top feed it's a busy item news is really day. intriguing to me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to answer that question. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. <laughs> okay. I can't remember a play that touched me like that, I don't think, in my life. So it's, it's probably number one. It, 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 was, it was just spiritual. You know, I, just, I was going around and I just, I mean, I was going around my team and saying, God's real. Like, you can't, you can't, Draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um, and I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it's gotten even cooler. Uh, Lamar Hamlin has been released from the hospital. He's returned to Buffalo. Uh, and moving on is the next stage uh, of recovery. Um, <laughs> man, uh, a week ago today, we were all witnessed one of the most uh, horrific moments we've ever seen on an NFL football field. Um, and yesterday, as you just heard Josh Allen describe, we got one of the most chilling moments in a good way, as in goosebumps, those types of chills. Um, yeah, yeah. When Naheem Hines took the opening kickoff back, huh. uh, of Come course, on. of course, he, of course he did. Come on, like Come we, on. Talk, we talk Friday, Matt. We talk Friday. Let's pick up what we talk about on Friday because you know I tried to express my uh, anxiousness or anxiety about you know watching football again just days after what we saw on Monday. And I didn't mean to be melodramatic about it, but it was just like yo, like what's it what's it gonna feel like? watching this game or watching even that team um, 
given the last thing we saw just days ago. And thankfully in those days, Jamar progressed to a point where his breathing tube was removed. And he was talking to family and teammates, but it was scary in that moment and it was scary in the immediate aftermath. But then yesterday, or I'll, I'll, I'll follow your lead, Josh Allen, but God, <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's like yesterday is like, yo, this is what sports is all about, man. Now I'm going to get cheesy. This is what sports is all about. This is yeah. this is why we do this. This is why you and I do this for a living. This is why people turn out in mass. This is why this is our national obsession. This is why sports is a great Man. unifier. Ooh. Everybody, regardless of what God you serve, everybody was praying to their God for the recovery of DeMar Hamlin. And everybody was praising their God, even if you are not a Buffalo Bills fan, for that moment, because that was an incredible, incredible moment. Around the league, all the tributes around the league, whether it was Saturday, whether it was yesterday, it was all just so beautiful, all so touching. And for something so great to come out of something so dire was really just uh, uplifting. Yeah, I mean, just that moment. I just I love watching the reaction. Love watching the reaction of, of Josh Allen. Love watching the reaction uh, of Sean McDermott. It was, and, and just the crowd. I mean, you weren't even sure what their performance was going to be. It was... Uh, it was a charged atmosphere. It was an emotional atmosphere. It was great to see all the threes uh, around Highmark Stadium there in Orchard Park, New York. But you weren't really sure. And then that just really set the tone from the start. Like nobody expected that. Nobody said, hey, you know, I, I bet she's about to run this back. Right. And, and no, then and, and to just, see it once, uh, see it once, see but it not once, but twice. Well, and something that's increasingly rare, as we know, in today's NFL. And kickoff returns don't happen, like you said, been three years and three months since the last time the Bills had a kickoff return touchdown. It's just like this this whole situation was so ugly and so sickening and, uh, and, and so devastating. And now it's like it's just become such a great story. And that's the power of sports, man. That's why it's, it's and, why, we, do it. this, it's why we love it so much, man. I, I said I like all their reactions. How about the reaction? Another layer to the story. Damar Hamlin trying to take our jobs, live tweeting this thing. Okay. He's live <laughs> tweeting from the hospital and he sees yeah. the kickoff return and he writes, OMFG. That was his response <laughs> to that. So, I yeah. mean, just so many, so many, so many great things from that yesterday. I can't remember the last time I got chills watching a game, as you said it. Yeah. I saw that and I, I, I just, ooh, I couldn't help it. I said, man, yeah. that, well, that we, is, a, we talked, a, it was we talked amazing, last week. It's amazing to see. We that. talked last week about, about kind of how we're numb to the violence. People that, in, that do what we do, sometimes we kind of get numb to, you know, these stories or, or numb to these, these things that happen, these, what, what transpires in front of us. It's like, you know, you can't be a human being and, and not have been touched by what happened uh, in Buffalo yesterday. So, quick pivot. Um, to the playoff picture in the AFC. Look, Demar Hamlin may end up making a making an appearance uh, at uh, at the wild card game against the Dolphins, who did get into the playoffs. Um, what is your read 
on the AFC playoff picture. Let's just take AFC for now. Um, not that interesting. Because, <laughs> huh? I, I, not that I it, mean, I just don't. I mean, I, I just don't think the playoffs are going to be that interesting in the AFC. In the AFC, because of why is that? In the AFC, I think the NFC well, will be interesting. Well, thankfully we don't have AFC, a coin, thankfully we don't have a coin toss deciding the the wild card home field advantage. Thankfully we don't have that. But why, why won't the AFC be interesting? Well, because I think I think the top three seeds. I don't really see any opportunities for surprises. I think the top three seeds are clearly are clearly uh, above the rest of the conference. I think Miami uh, has no shot against yeah. Buffalo. It, feel, it feels that way. It feels okay, that way. Okay, they got no shot. So, look I mean, at this. you know, the, the Ravens could upset the Chargers if Lamar plays, and that's a huge if. We'll talk about that the with Ravens Charles in a minute. The Ravens, won't, the Ravens won't beat the Bengals. I like the Ravens. I mean the Bengals. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. The Bengals. Yeah. I'm sorry. The, the Chargers could upset the Jaguars. I beg your pardon. They could yeah. upset the Jaguars. Yeah. But I, Is I, that I, an I love upset, Jacksonville though? at home. The Ravens. Um, the Chargers over. I mean, Is that an upset? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Duval going to be on fire, but probably not an upset. It's 4 5. It's, it's close. And obviously, the Chargers won one more game. Ravens will so not either beat one the Bengals. Yeah, they won't. You feeling that? Speaking you, of the you Bengals, feel, you feel as strong as I do. Speaking, speaking of the, the Bengals, well, like the Bengals? I mean, you, of course not. You know how I feel about the Bengals. Uh, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to play this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I just want you to hear. I just want you to hear Joe Burrow. I just want to. Hear, I want you to hear my quarterback Joe Burrow. In case you missed it, what he had to say yesterday. Did you hear what Joe Burrow said? This was. This is a message for you, Michael Holly. But people like you who thought that last year was a flash in the pan and that I just had my moment last year. Oh, we thought that the Bengals were coming back down to earth when they started 0-2. Remember that? Here's Joe Burrow. Windows my whole career and, and everybody that that we have in that locker room, all the coaches we have, you know, things are going to change year to year, but uh, our window's always open. The window is Ooh. my whole career. Ooh. Ooh, that's not that's not Ooh. quite. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. The window is my whole career. If that ain't the that's a flex right there. Like we gonna be here. I have never. I, I have not I heard it put like that. Usually quarterbacks, are, they, they say they always say things perfectly the right way. Not, not that he said it the wrong way, but that was such a humble brag. That was such a subtle like, hey, man, this is this is get used to this. This is normal. This is normal in Cincinnati. As long as I I'm am, here, my whole career is the window. Wow. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, <laughs> uh, in the passing game and in the verbal game, boy don't miss. Okay, Joe Burrow don't miss. miss. I mean, really. Not. I, mean, I, I, every time Joe Burrow steps to the mic, I mean, it's like if you, if you want to battle him, it's like battle rap. <laughs> you want to battle Joe Burrow, you better. You better be ready to step to the mic because every time he comes to the mic, he's dropping those jewelries. He's got something. Um, he's always he's always speaking those kind of uh, truths and, and always has some insights. That hey, are, listen, they're still that are just, still, just memorable. Michael, they're still and last year's playoff run was memorable for you and I, uh, you and me. Uh, there's still room on the bandwagon. There's still I know you're a Chiefs guy. But there's still Ramona Bengals no, no, bandwagon. No, no, no. The I, I would say this because the Bengals are going back. We're going to Arizona, and the Bengals are going back. So as opposed to last okay, year, I'm with you. you you don't have to 
you know, you can be, you can enjoy, you can embrace I'm with this. you. Maybe you'll become, yeah, you with me? AFC I don't champion, know. I, I, I don't, I don't know if they are going to win it. I, but I do think right now of those three teams, remember I said the three teams are uh, above and beyond everybody else. The other four in the playoffs yeah. in, the, in the AFC playoffs. I think the Bengals are the best team. The Bengals are the best team. I think they're better than those those other two. I think they're better than Cincinnati and they're better. I mean, better than Kansas City and better than Buffalo. They, yeah. uh, like Kansas City should know it. Kansas City just say it. They're better than us. We're going to have to do. We're going to play our best and some extra to beat them because they keep losing to them and it's not a fluke. Not on, they're better. They, they, they're better than Kansas. Not City. only that, they're not afraid of them and they expect to beat anybody that they play because of that guy. I love the quote because it, it takes me to the other topic uh, that I want to get to next. Oh, the window is my whole career. Mm. It looks like the window might finally be closing for good for Aaron Rodgers, who we thought might get into the playoffs last night. Uh, many people thought that he would have more than one Super Bowl on his record, but based on how it looked and how it sounded last night, might be a wrap for Mr. Rodgers. Here he is. It's a little raw right now. You know, it's just a little bit after the game, so uh, I want to take the emotion out of it and have the conversations and see where the organization's at and see how I feel after some time has passed. Is there any sort of timetable with that? Is there like a date where you want to make your decision by? Or yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hold them hostage. Uh, you know, I understand. Uh, you know, we're still in January here. March is for agency, so um, just need some time to, uh, like I said, get the emotion out of it and then um, figure out what's best. Right, do you think is the decision all yours? You think or no? I don't think so. I think there's got to be mutual uh, on both sides. So you've got because your contract, obviously, you got the guarantee. So if they wanted to move on or at least were open to it, would you be open to that too? Or to what? To going to a different team? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't like saying never, but um, got to see how I'm feeling first uh, once the emotion's out of it and then have the right conversations and see, uh, see what the best direction is. At some point, the carousel comes to a stop and it's time to get off and I think you you kind of know when that is um, and that's what needs to be contemplated you know is it time uh, also what's the organization doing you know this it's part of it as well um, but the competitive fire is always going to be there I don't think it ever goes away um, sometimes it gets transferred I think to other things um, that might not ever fill that large void but but like I said, I you know, feel good about what I've accomplished in this league and um, wouldn't have any regrets walking away. Charles, Aaron Rodgers has 60 million reasons to play another year in Green Bay. What's your read on how this is going to play out? Well, he talked about um, having to have discussions with the organization. I think the first step in play here is – how does he feel um, relative to his health? Does he still have the the want to at this stage? I think the conversation that happens with the organization is who are you moving on from? Because there are a number of players on the roster 
that I think he's close to that he would like to, you know, play with guys be in the locker room. And the question becomes, who are you keeping? Who are you moving on from? Is this, are you starting to shift um, the core of this team more toward youth? And that I think would affect whether or not he wants to continue playing in, in 2023 with the Packers. So there's that aspect of it. And then I think a really key date that people should pay attention to here is we're going to get to May and the team's got to make a decision on the fifth year option of Jordan Love. Okay. And it's, it's about 19 and a half million to $20 million for the 2024 salary of Jordan Love. If they trigger that option, the message to Aaron Rodgers is this is your end date. You got 2023. We're moving on. Like that's it. Like we, regardless of what your contract says, they're not going to pay that kind of a sum, $20 million to Jordan Love and pay Aaron Rodgers in 2024 and then not play Jordan Love in 2024. That's the organization saying, this is the end date for us. We want it, we got the kid, we plan to play him. We want him to play that fifth year and get that experience so that we know what we have. I think they are going to trigger that fifth year option in May. I believe that's what's gonna happen. And um, so if you're Rogers, you're sitting there saying, okay, well now, I mean, they've, autom- they've built in an expiration date here. Um, this is it for me in 2023. And then, you know, I move on. Does he want to stick around then for basically one year of who knows who's going to be on the roster, who's not going to be on the roster? If he wants to continue playing, would he really consider going to another NFL team? I don't know if that's really the case here, but I I just think the biggest conversation that needs to be had after he decides where his heart is at is Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, what are you doing with the roster? Who are you keeping? Who's leaving? because there's expiring contracts. There's guys that are probably getting paid over their head now. And that means that there's going to be change around him. There's little question about that. Well, his team is not in the playoffs. Thanks to the Detroit Lions. Uh, There was a lot of schadenfreude going on on social media last night. People love to celebrate the demise of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But for all of us, I know I speak for you as well uh, as a son of Detroit. That was more about Detroit and their progression and what they're building and what they're going to the foundation they're laying for for now and in the future. But I want to just kind of get your take on the NFC playoffs as well as yours, Michael, because you know, and it was my top feed item. I mean, listen, I don't know how you can stand. We because we, Charles, we argued about this last week. I don't know how Michael Holly can stand here and say with his chest with his whole chest that there is no way the Buccaneers can beat the Dallas Cowboys at home given what we just saw the Cowboys put forth. So I'll just throw out that little red meat, but I love just your thought, Charles, on the entire landscape of the NFC playoffs in particular, now that Seattle snuck in, and given what we've seen from these teams all year and how they've been playing as of late in particular. I'm on the same page as Michael Holly in terms of like the lot, from the logic standpoint, there's no way. I mean, even at home, I, there's no way that this edition of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be able to beat this edition of the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a better team. They have a better roster. They have better coordinators. Um, They've uh, always had better rosters than people. Don't make me do that. No, 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 no. I understand (laughs) that. I'm just saying from a logic standpoint, every single thing there is suggestive that there is no way, shape or form that the Cowboys should lose this game. I know we can talk about Washington and what happened. I, I am of the mind that I don't fully believe People want to say, well, there was something to play for in this game. I, I don't think they truly believed they were going to win the, the NFC East. I, I don't think they thought there was a chance at that number one seed because I think they looked at Davis Webb and said there's no way the Giants and Davis Webb are going to beat the the mm-hmm. 
the Eagles at this point. So I don't know how much their heart was completely in it, but I'll tell you what, they got the wake-up call now, and if they show up flat against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you want to talk about surprise openings, potential surprise openings in the NFL at head coach? I don't know if that'd be a surprise, but I don't know if they lose that game. I don't know how Jerry Jones um, exits that situation and everybody does Mm. a point back to the kickoff in Oxnard and say, hey, you said you had to have a viable playoff team. Well, losing to an 8-9 and Tampa Bay team, when you have this roster and these coordinators, some of whom you might lose this offseason, that's not a viable playoff team and – that means something, you know, something didn't get done here. And, and does Mike McCarthy pay the price? Charles, I want to talk to you about another surprise, potentially, if you think it's even feasible. And that's way down there. Number seven seed, the Seattle Seahawks get into the playoffs. And, and they're taking on a two seed that has Brock Purdy <laughs> as starting quarterback and taking on a team that they've played in their division, haven't played necessarily well against, but it's a divisional opponent, mm-hmm. no surprises. How do you see Seattle uh, going into San Francisco? Um, I, I think the only way that San Francisco loses this game is if Brock Purdy has the moment that I've been now waiting for forever. And I'm, I'm starting to like, just be like, you know what, man, yeah, we'll it's be not coming. I'm, I'm exactly. like, where's the implosion? Like, is the, like every game, I'm like, okay, is this when it happens? Is this when it happens? When does he have the run of mistakes and throws three interceptions or whatever? But the thing is, particularly, like, go watch this past weekend's game. They can protect him because they have an elite, elite backfield, okay? You got, I mean, you basically have two backs that, you know, separated on different rosters or thousand-yard rushers, you know, uh, number one running backs. So you can protect him with that. You have a tight end, George Kittle, he's operating with. I think the line's playing pretty well right now. It's they are hitting their stride of all the teams we want to look at right now in the NFC. The one that's hitting the stride is the two seat. It's 49ers are playing yeah. the best football. And I think no the question. only way that they that's lose. My favorite. Is, yeah. I think the only way they lose to Seattle is if Purdy all of a sudden has that game. I think it's, I questioned it, questioned it, questioned it. The last two weeks I've been like, I don't know, man, maybe this is real. Like this might actually this be real, real what this guy's doing right now. No, I got I got I got uh I got 49ers Bengals in the Super Bowl Super Bowl 23 rematch again as they're gonna probably again. say uh, <laughs> and another and they it'll be their third uh, Super Bowl 16 be their third one. yeah Super yeah, Bowl right, 16 right. exactly <laughs> um so hey we got this is what we need a two hour show once upon a time we had that somebody made a decision not to make it a two hour show uh, <laughs> uh empty your no- you a lie <laughs> yeah it was me Charles um <laughs> empty your notebook with whatever coaching news you want Kingsbury got fired. Dan Quinn's been requested by the Broncos. They're also talking to Sean Payton. The other Sean McVay may not coach anymore. Just whatever you got on coaching. Uh, we'll have to pick up pick up on it another day, but just empty your notebook on on a big day in the coaching uh, ranks. Um, I, th- I think, you know, for the most part, we've we've seen every like uh, Kingsbury was the one where I, I was surprised he wasn't fired last night. And so I was sort of like, okay, <laughs> to me, once that gets done, we'll see where where this ultimately lands. I think it may be done, but again, there's always sort of a surprise somewhere in the mix. I think you got to look at Mike McCarthy. I do think there are expectations there. Tampa, I think you have to look at Tampa and Todd Bowles. I will tell you this. I've been told straight up, no way Tom Brady is back in Tampa without, as I, and I think we might have talked about this before, significant changes yeah. on the offensive staff, which I would think would be- This dude right coach. here. Is not their and is McVay, and is, and is McVay gone? Is he a goner? I, 
I, there's no one who's saying he's not. And when I went back and listened to our conversation in July, I was amazed that the first 20 minutes of it were him appearing to have a quarter life crisis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so- the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. We can talk to you all day, man. Love you, bro. Hey, Mike, who, who you got tonight? Who you got tonight? Georgia gonna do it. Georgia. Georgia gonna do the damn thing. I know, right? Georgia. Yeah. I, I like to you? see an upset, but I don't think it's happening. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Tomorrow, we'll see. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.